This is a Liberty Baptist Church sermon podcast. LBC is pastored by Jordan Zeke and exists to reach the lost, disciple the saved, and send the called. For more information on our church, please check out our website at lbcspokane.com. We hope that you are encouraged by today's sermon and that it draws you closer to God. I was really, I told, I said this during Sunday school, I was really kind of contemplating about, hey, what do I jump into right off the, right off the bat? Just what's the first thing to really dive into? And it kind of just so happens that we're in the month of November and that's Thanksgiving month. And I thought, man, there's no better way to start than to talk about keys to thanks to talk about what are the keys to being thankful, because we are very thankful to be here. I know you guys are thankful for us to be here, but there are different keys to being thankful. So leading or all through November, we're going to go over four different keys that I have about being thankful. So to start off today, I want to talk about one very important key. I think it's kind of the base for understanding and really being thankful for what God has given us. And that is simply key number one, to accept the gifts. We have been given a lot of gifts in life. I mean, we just we were just given two gifts, a delicious candy bar that I can't wait for, and some amazing flowers. But I'm not talking about just physical gifts. You know, we're coming into Thanksgiving, we're coming into Christmas time, the, per- the time when everybody's a little bit more cheerful, a little bit more happy, and so they're a little bit more likely to give you gifts, especially at Christmas time. But that's not the gifts that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the gifts that come from God, the gifts that come from reading God's Word, the gifts that come from being saved, that come from understanding who Christ is and what He has given us, and the gifts that we have to accept. So today, I want to talk about a couple different gifts that we need to accept. The first gift that I want to talk about is the gift of joy. If you want to turn your Bibles to Psalm 32, verse 11, I'm going to read this in just a moment, but I want to talk to you guys about the gift of joy. Joy is not just something that that comes normally. Joy is not something that comes naturally. It's not something that, you know, everybody has. It's, it takes effort to be a joyful person. But Psalm 32, 11, if you don't have your Bible, it'll be up on the screen. This is what it says. Psalm 32, 11 says, I'll be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. I'll be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. I'll have that joy if we have an upright heart. Joy is deeper than happiness. I want you guys to realize that. It's happiness. It's easy. uh, I, I say it's easy. It's easier to be happy. I can, I can put on this face, I can put on this, this smile and to make everybody think, man, that's a happy guy. He's got it all figured out. He's, he's enjoying life. He's happy. But on the inside, it could be totally different. It could be something that nobody else sees. A happiness is the outward expression of just how we want people to see us. Joy is the satisfaction on the inside that withstands circumstances. 
Joy is not dependent upon what's happening in our outside world. You know, again, with this, with these last seven months, it's been really difficult for you guys without a pastor, and it's been hard. And uh, with the the circumstances that have come about it of his passing, it's been really difficult, and it's been lots of tears, lots of hours of just crying and and sadness. But we can still have joy through all of that. We might not necessarily have happiness. We might not be happy that he's gone. We might not be happy that there's no pastor. We might not be happy that all of these things have happened. But we can still have a joy in God. Joy is deeper than happiness. It's not something that's surface level. It's not something that just comes about. And that's why I say it's easier to be happy than it is to be joyful. But here's something I want you to know about joy. Joy stays. That's something that remains in us. Happiness, it, it comes and goes with our emotions. One day we're happy, one day we're, we're, we're happy-go-lucky, and then the next day we're, we're sad, we're upset, we're mad, we're, we're frustrated, we're all of these different things. Happiness, is, it's fleeting. I could be happy right now. I am happy to be here, but I could go home. Something could happen, and my, I could just be sad. I could be angry. I could be nervous. I could be all of these different things, but joy stays. Psalm 30, just two two chapters before that, 30 verse 5 says this, For his anger endureth for a moment. Anger and happiness, they're they're very similar. They endure for a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. All these different emotions that we feel, just love and joy and, and all of these deep things, they last. Love lasts. Joy lasts. But happiness, anger, weeping, all these different things, they're fleeting. It's not something that's going to necessarily and hopefully not stick around very long. But joy will. Not only that, but joy is a staple of contentment. If we're content, if we understand the things that God has given us, if we understand the life that God has given us, then we understand that we can be joyful in that. We might not be happy in our circumstances. You might have just got laid off from your job. You might have just lost a family member. You might have just got a parking ticket. There are lots of things in this world that are going to make us upset, that are going to make us cry, that are going to make us yell, that are going to make us do a lot of different things. But if we realize, hey, God's put me here, and the reason I'm here is to be content, the reason I'm here is because God wants me to be content with where I'm at, then that's going to bring a joy. Romans chapter 14, verse 17, and I'm going to be hopping around a couple verses here. It says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, momentary things, things that, that are gone. Once you eat a meat, it's gone. Once you drink a drink, it's gone. But it says, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Let me read that again. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, momentary things. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. These are deeper things. These are things that God can give us, but solely through that one thing, the Holy Ghost. If we don't have the Holy Ghost inside us, if we haven't accepted Christ as our Savior and have gotten the Holy Ghost inside us, we can't truly be joyful. 
We can't truly have contentment. There's always going to be something nagging at us. Always going to be something that we want to do differently. Always something. Now, I'm not saying that, that having goals, having ambition, having, having you know, priorities and making things happen, that's not a bad thing. Contentment isn't necessarily about just doing nothing because I'm okay exactly where I'm at. But what it is, is saying, hey, God, you've put me in this place. I'm going to work with what I have. I'm going to be okay with what I've got. I don't need the most luxurious. I don't need the nicest. I don't need the most expensive stuff to be happy. I'm okay with what I have because I have a deep joy in you. Joy is a gift. It's not something that, that, that we can get easily. It takes effort to be joyful. But when we have Christ, it's easy to be joyful because we know who holds the future. We know what's coming in the end. I hope within these last seven months, you've been able to kind of realize that of, hey, I'm sad. Yes, Pastor Jim is gone. But I have a joy that oversees that. I have a joy in God. I have a joy that I can still come to a church with family that I love. I have a joy that I can still hear God's word and read it regardless of where I'm at. Joy is deep. It's not happiness. And it's a staple of contentment. The second gift that I want to talk about today is simply the gift of love. If you want to turn to Romans 8, 38 through 39, again, these are the, these are the main, these main verses for these three gifts that I'm going to talk about, but but I'm going to be hopping to different verses just because I really want you to understand the gifts that I'm talking about. So number two, the gift of love in Romans 8, 38 through 39, this is what it says. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In this verse, he's saying there is nothing that's going to separate us from God's love. Let me read that again. For, for I am persuaded that neither death that's dying, that, nor life that's living, nor angels, principalities, that's the things that we can't control, the powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. It gives this long list because it wants the reader to, uh, Paul to the church in Rome, wants the Romans to realize there is nothing. He just, he just labeled so many different things and I can't think of one thing that falls outside of those categories. He's saying there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And that's simply because God's love never fails. God has a love for us that will never fail. I didn't change the, I'm about to put up a slide. This isn't Romans, so I just want you to know that. This is Psalm 36, five through seven. The verses are right. The, the, the words on the, or the, the reference is wrong. So just read the verses. Psalm 36, five through seven says, thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens and thy faithfulness, reach it, or thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. 
God's love is so deep, it's so vast, it's so strong that we can put our trust under the shadow of those wings. You know, my mom talked about the, the favorite verse, one of my favorite, or the favorite verses of my dad was, uh, he, shall, he, he shall mount up with wings like eagles and he shall walk and not faint. But that, that I just wanted that part. He shall mount up with wings like eagles. I think, I think that's, they don't, the Bible doesn't just say these, these, you know, these visions and these ways for you to think for no reason. Eagles are strong. They're mighty. But if we think about it, who's got a mightier wing than God? If you think about a mom and a baby bird, she's going to cover them with their wings. That's protection. That's safety. That's security. That's love. That's what God's doing to us. He puts us under his wings. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 through 13 says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known. And this, this is the verse I want you to focus on. I, and now abideth faith, hope, and charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. These abideth faith, hope, and charity is love. It says of these three, love is the greatest of them. Now, if you haven't read 1 Corinthians 13, I encourage you to go do it. It's called the love chapter. It's all about love, what love is. And it talks about what does it mean to be loved? What does it mean to show love? How is Christ showing us love? What I want you to realize is that we have the gift of love. God's loved us. God's given us that gift. But not only that, I want you to realize we are called to love. John chapter 15, 9 through 13 says this, And as the Father hath loved me, this is Christ talking, says, And as the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in me, love, or you should, shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy may remain in you, and that you may, your joy may remain full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. God has given us the ultimate gift of love. And right there, that last verse, greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Who's the one person that has laid down his life for every single one of us? That's Jesus Christ. We cannot love as strongly as Christ has loved us. We can't do the things that Christ has done, but regardless, he still gives us a commandment right there. This is my commandment that ye love one another. How? As I have loved you. We've received the gift of love if we have received Christ. Because Christ has loved us so deeply that he came. This is God in the flesh. 100% man, 100% God. And he came to die on a cross to take our sins away. And all we have to do is accept that. All we have to do is say, thank you. I believe in you. And I want that love. I want you to 
give me the gift that you have given so many people. I want you to give me that gift of love. And from that gift of love, we can receive that gift of joy. All of these gifts come from Christ. We don't become joyful on our own. We don't become joyful just because we feel like it. We become joyful because we know who came and died for us. We become joyful because we realize there's something else greater than us in this life. But not only that, we feel loved because we know that Christ came and gave us the ultimate love. Whether your, your parents loved you, whether your grandparents loved you, whether, whether your siblings loved you, whether nobody loved you, you are still loved by the ultimate authority. You are still loved so much by Christ that he came and died for you. And that gives me the last gift that I want to talk about. And that's simply the gift of life. We've talked about the gift of joy, the gift of love, but I want to talk to you about the gift of life. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That doesn't say that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life just if you do whatever you want. It doesn't say that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is whatever you believe. No, it says the wages of sin is death. We've all sinned. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then we read a couple chapters later, for the wages of sin is death. We're all sinners. We all deserve death. But it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I want you to realize is that I'm not simply talking about eternal life, and I will talk about it in a moment, but I want us to realize we also have the gift of simple breath. How many times do we take that for granted? We have, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm up here, I'm breathing. I'm talking to you. You're sitting there, you're breathing. Hopefully, keep breathing. Out, breathe. We have that gift. Genesis 2.7 says, And the Lord God formed man in the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. It's because God granted us that breath that we're even here today. We like to think, man, it's all about me. It's all about my choice. It's all about the things that I want. But ultimately, we wouldn't be here if God hadn't breathed life into our nostrils. If he, if, we hadn't, if he hadn't started with Adam and Eve giving them life, then we wouldn't have life. Psalm 139, this is, this is David talking. It says, uh, for thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's wombs. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. He's saying, there is no reason I should be here other than you cared for me. You loved me. You, you made sure that I was okay in my mom's womb. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a mother, nor will I ever be a mother. But I understand is that when, when a mom has a child, all they do is, I mean, they're, they're taking care of the child as best they can. But realistically, you don't control what happens in there. 
you don't know what's going on. You can look at doctors, you can figure it out, and, and they can say, hey, this is, we should probably do this. But ultimately, if we just did nothing, we can't control it. But God can. God knows what's going to happen. God understands that, not only in the womb, but once we come out. We have continual breath. We keep breathing. We keep living. We keep doing the things we want to do regardless of anything else because God has given us the gift of life. But he's given us the gift of life for a simple purpose so that we can receive the gift of eternal life. He's given us life so that way we can receive the last gift of eternal life. Now that's important. That's, that's a big deal. We're here, we're, we're living, and this feels like the most important thing in our lives because, I mean, if you do something wrong, it's done. You only have one life, and then it's over. Unless we've accepted Christ. Then we get to go and live with him forever. That's eternal life. I don't know if you know what eternal means, but it means never ending. It's not going to stop. I want to read some verses for you. Well, I won't. I, actually, I won't read them. There's a lot of verses. But I want you to write these down. Go look at them. They talk about the eternal life that we can get, the gift of eternal life that we can get. They're important. They're, they're, they're the most important decision we will ever make in our lives. Because Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Even though he gave us breath, we still choose to defy him. We still choose to go against what he's told us to do. We still choose to sin. That's what the Bible tells us, is no matter what we want or what God wants, we're going to choose our wants every time, unless we work on it, unless we strive to live righteously, unless we strive to live for Christ. Christ came and he died on a cross for you and he died on a cross for me. This wasn't, a, this wasn't a mishap. This wasn't an accident. This was designed. It was planned. Just like our bodies, where it says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, God has already put a plan in place. And that plan was to send his son so that we can live with him forever. But what we need to do as believers, or as if you're a non-believer, what you need to do is to accept that. To say, God, I want that. I want that gift of joy. I want that gift of love. I want that gift of eternal life. Because if we don't, then the Bible says that we don't get to live with him eternally. We don't get to do that. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know what heaven's like, but I've heard it's great. I've read that it's fantastic. I've never been there personally, but I can't wait to be. But we don't get to be there unless we've accepted Christ as our Savior. John 3.16, you might know it. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Christ says that there is, there is no way unto the Father, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and there's no way unto the Father except through him. 
Again, I'm going to, I'm going to say it again is Romans 6, 23, where it says, um, where it says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It does not say that the way to God is through whatever you want to believe. It does not say that it's through whatever you feel is okay. It does not feel that it's not your feelings. It's not your beliefs. It's not your understandings. It's not your anything. It's through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So today, if there's anybody here who has not accepted that gift, who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord, who can't really understand, hey, I don't get this. What's this key, What's this, this key to being thankful? I, I feel like I'm joyful. I feel like I'm content. I feel like I've got love. I feel like I'm a loving person, but I don't really understand that last part. What is eternal life? What does it mean to live with him forever? What are we going to be doing? Come talk to me. I want to have that conversation with you. But if you haven't accepted him, I want you to accept him because then you get to have eternal life with him. He's already gifted us with our physical life, with our physical breath. But the Bible says that when we accept him, we become a new creation. Behold, all things have been, the old things have been passed away. All has become new. When we accept him, we put away all of our selfish things. We put away all of our desires. We put away all of our needs. We put away all of our temporary happiness. And we put on the joy that he can give us. We put on the gift of love that he has given us. We understand that my breath is not my own, but it's to proclaim Christ. It's to give glory and honor and everything to God. But we can't do that unless we've accepted him. So today, I just want, I just want everybody to, to bow your heads and close your eyes. There's not going to be anybody playing, and I, this isn't going to take long, but I just, I just want to, one, I, wanna, I want you to think about yourself. How am I loving God correctly? How am I accepting the gift of love correctly? How am I accepting the gift of joy correctly? How am I accepting that gift of life, whether it's physical life or eternal life, correctly? And so I, I want to thank you for, for allowing me to be here today and to preach with you. And next week, I hope you come back to hear about the second key to thanks. But today, I just want to pray with you guys. And then after that, we'll sing a song and we'll be dismissed. But I just want to pray with you guys that we can all accept that key of accepting the gifts God has given us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity for me to be up here to share your word, to, to share the keys that you have given us, Lord, to share the, the gifts of joy, of love, and of life that you have given all of us. Help us to, to remember that, to live that out, and to continue to glorify you through everything, Lord. We love you and help us to grow as a church and help me to grow as a pastor, as a leader, as a shepherd, and help me to love these people well. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would stand and worship with us.